Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. We're glad you're joining us today. And today I'm doing an interview with Matt Cox, which I'm so excited about this. Um, we, we were, uh, we were kind of we had a couple of people cancel and um and i was like matt we need to come up with somebody quickly or else i think i should do an interview with you like and i didn't know if you would go for it or not and but you did it took me a minute to <laughs> talk myself through it but, but now i started thinking about it and uh you're you're one of the most creative people that I think I know, like in terms of you're so multi-talented and you're super Thanks. creative. And I think, I think you got a fascinating history and story. And of course I know some of it, not all of it, but yeah. certainly know some of it. So I just thought, you know, people would get a kick out of us having a conversation. And yeah. I think if, if those who are tuning in, who don't know Matt Cox, um, Matt, and I have known each other for over a decade. Uh, he was um, our full-time videographer at Vineyard Church while I was there. And then oh, over, a little over a year ago, uh, he started his own company called Harbor Media Productions. And it was at that point that I asked him if he would start helping me out with this Spirituality Adventures project, which he has been here basically almost from the beginning, beginning Whitney, um grable was was with me a few weeks before matt jumped in but i'm so so grateful for being able to work with you so many years yeah, and, and i've always loved working with you so so this this is kind of fun to yeah. uh, to talk about it so let's for I, there's gonna be a lot of people who don't really know your your background story so why don't you share like where you grew up and kind of your your family of origin story you know sure. <laughs> um <clears throat> so I grew up, uh, I was born in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. My dad was in the Air Force. So I was actually born Tinker Air Force Base. Hmm. Um, and then I was real young, like I, I think like three or four when we moved uh, to Willow Springs where my parents were both from. And that's like right in the middle of Missouri, as far south as you can go. <laughs> and there's like one other town dividing Willow and Arkansas. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and so uh, I grew up down there. Um, and then uh, when I was, I, I can't, I was 12 or 13, um, we moved to Kansas City for my, uh, my dad went to seminary um, at Midwestern. Um, and I went to Northgate and Northtown uh, for school. Um, there was a little bit of homeschool in between mm -hmm. some of that stuff too. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. What was, what was your dad doing down in Willow, Missouri? What um, was it called? Willow? Willow Springs. Willow Springs, Missouri. What yeah. was he doing down there? Um, so he, uh, works for a physical therapy, uh, um, a physical therapy specialist clinic. Uh, and he does, um, 
a, a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. He's um, he's been working there for a long time, and then uh, once uh, he finished seminary, he actually went back down there and pastored a church for quite a while too. So, okay. Um, so when he finished seminary, how old were you? Um, sixteen. Did you go back down there with him no, then at that point? Here. You stayed here. Yeah, okay, stayed we'll get here. to that in a minute. Yeah. But yeah, um, and then how many siblings do you have? I have one younger sister. Okay. So. How much younger? Um, four, four years, okay. three or four years. All yeah. right. All right. Well, cool. So, man, you're, you're a Southern Missouri kid from yeah. uh, White. and it's all yeah. it's it's real strange too because anytime <clears throat> i always mention west plains is where i'm yeah like that's what i yeah, i remember you saying some people know west plains mm -hmm. um and so that's like kind of the neighboring town mm -hmm. and we spend a lot of time there and everything and so anytime i'm trying to like connect dots for people i always mention west plains because there's yeah. like there's a college campus there and like some people you have a better chance of knowing west plains than you do willow willow's very tiny yeah. um but yeah yeah so i've been west to west plains, plains, plains uh, but never been to willow springs so yeah. <laughs> yep yeah so um so you you have such a creative uh history you're you're basically your whole life has been in creative adventures yeah <laughs> and um so when did that start for you like what how young were you and what like when were you first drawn to music artistic things what was um i mean i've been into music as long as i can remember um i've i've not I started playing music when I was, I think I got my first instrument when I got my first guitar when I would have been like 10 or 11. Um, but before that, music's always kind of been a big thing in our house because my dad always had music playing. And so I grew up listening to like Johnny Cash and Fleetwood Mac and Led Zeppelin and like that kind of stuff was always on. And then there was a, a time where like the only thing that was allowed in our house was like, uh, early, late eighties, early nineties, like praise and worship music. <laughs> so like, um, you, like all the rock and roll got, all the, um, all the secular it, rock and roll got banned. Often. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, we listed like newsboys was really big oh, yeah. for a while. That's not bad. Um, so newsboys wasn't bad, but then we had like these other CDs and tapes that like I wasn't newsboys was like my escape because they had mm -hmm. like electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so music was always uh, a big thing. And I started playing music when I was like 10 or 11, trying to learn the guitar and stuff. And I switched over from guitar to bass and then from bass to drums and drums is where it like really clicked for me. Um, I loved playing drums. Um, but so music started pretty young. And um, was anybody in your family, like your, any of your parents musical or anything like that? No. It just just clicked for you, huh? Yeah, no, it was just one of those Were things. Were you in school like, band or anything like that? Was, um, it, like, uh, yes and no. <laughs> like, it was one of those things, like, I never, I never, this sounds bad, but like when I was younger, like, I never it was really hard to find things that like kept me intrigued. Like I'd try something out for a while. I'm like, I'm gonna try something. Like I was always bouncing around to different things. So I was in band for a while and then would go to something else. And um, I, I don't know, it was just, it was all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I don't know. Music was the first thing that like 
felt right to me though. I know yeah. that like, and then there was always like this want to learn how to draw. Uh, my dad does like comic comic book art and stuff like that. Hmm. And he's an amazing like pen and ink artist. And I always wanted to be able to do that. And so I would always like have these sketchbooks of like trying to draw cars or learn how to draw faces properly. And I could never get it. And so I was just like, I can't do this. And hmm. um, then when I got a little bit older, I found out that like I could do that on a computer and make it look pretty okay. <laughs> nice. So I, I taught myself how to do everything digitally, um, which now it's kind of fun because my dad will like draw something and then scan it or draw it on his iPad and then send it to me and I'll like color it or whatever. And we like send stuff back and forth nice. to each other. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, so there was a, that, that led into like me getting into like graphic design and stuff. And so there's always been some sort of <laughs> trying to find something artistic that I could pour myself into, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I, you know, when I, you know, I grew up on some of that music that your dad was playing. And then when I went off to college, I took my whole vinyl record collection, which me with me, which was mostly, you know, seventies prog rock stuff. But then, uh, and then I would have had a few of the early uh, Christian artists yeah. of the late 70s and early 80s. But I remember there was all of a sudden this, all the youth groups around the, I think around America, like youth, there was there was this big push to get teenagers to stop listening to rock and roll because it was corrupting their brains. And I remember there was a, I, there was even like this one video that a lot of youth groups, especially conservative uh, evangelical youth groups in America in the early 80s, I think it was, uh, had this there's this thing called Hell's Bells. And it was a it was like they would they'd go into like back masking and the, the dude would actually play albums backwards. And okay. it, you couldn't hardly make sense of it. But he would say you know they're saying like something like demonic or something yeah. like that and Trying so he would say did something. you did you hear that you know and you're like <laughs> yeah kind of you know and and then uh if you play something enough times your brain will start trying to connect uh, yeah it exactly it like and so there. all of a sudden yeah. so, so there's this big push so i remember i got i got rid of my whole because like you know, like, well, God, I don't want to be demonized by listening to me. You know, so I'm right. like, I got rid of my whole oh, no. great record collection. And I was like, crap, I wish I had it back. Later on, I was like, I wish I had it back. Yeah, anyway. for real. But Kristen yeah. just got me. <laughs> so a big sentimental record for me. My dad used to play Joshua Tree to get me to go to oh. sleep. And that was, he played on, yeah. on vinyl and everything. And my wife actually not too long ago got me an original like first pressing of Joshua Tree. And so that's been a lot like I listen to that. And my my second to youngest Hatcher, um, anytime he's in my office or in our old house, it was our living room, he'd run up to the record player and point at it. And so we listen to Joshua Tree and dance around the office a lot now. That's awesome. Yeah, music's a huge thing. Yeah, after I went through that phase of, in the 80s of not listening to hardly any secular music, U2 was the band that got me back into it. And I listened the first, I listened to Sunday Bloody Sunday yeah. album and just like, oh, I like these guys. And then that's when I started kind of, you know, jumping back in. Yeah. 
And, you know, really, the only thing I really missed was the hair bands of the 80s. That's, <laughs> that's about the time when I exited, yeah. you know, and then I came back in with like early U2 and early, nice. you know, Echo and the Bunnymen. So and you just R.E.M. And yeah. so I you know, I don't feel super bad about skipping. That might have worked out for the better. I mean, I don't know. Some of my younger friends, though, that's like their that's their era. You yeah. know, it's like, ah, you know, I love they love the hair band. So many. Anyway, well, um, so you, how old were you when, when your dad came to seminary? Uh, so I would have been like 12 or 13 when we moved to, that's when we moved up here. Okay. We moved up here and he started seminary right away. And so this is a, this is a Southern Baptist seminary yeah. that your dad is going to. So I'm assuming you guys were attending a Southern Baptist church yep. and you're 12 or 13 and you're, you're already into music, mm -hmm. right? So, so how was that experience? Kansas City, 1213, oh, living man. on seminary Southern Baptist housing campus. How was, how was that for Matt Cox? It was crazy. <laughs> um, I had all this like pretty, pretty stern, like upbringing. Um, not, I don't know if stern's the right word, but like we were very, my parents were very cautious about what we brought into the house, what movies we watched and what TV shows were allowed and what music we listened to and stuff. And then I come to Kansas City and I go to my first public school in Kansas City and I get introduced to like, I had listened, I had snuck and listened to like Eminem and Dr. Dre and like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff um, when we lived uh, in Willow. Southern Missouri, small town. It white, was hard white to get kid a, listening to yeah, rap music. Yeah, it was hard music. to get a hold of that stuff down there. <laughs> um, and so we moved to Kansas City and like, it's more accessible and like all these different, so it was just like everything was just available. <laughs> like my world just kind of exploded. And uh, it was real rough for a while, honestly. Like I, at the time, I thought it was awesome because I just like, there's all this new music. There's just so did you have to like sneak, were like, you trying to oh yeah sneak it like yeah. you weren't you were yeah. trying to hide the music you were listening yeah, to yeah it was at not it was not yeah. good for for my uh, I don't I don't know how I'm trying to say it like it it was it was bad because I I would have to pretend that like or hide it and pretend that I knew nothing about it mm -hmm. and stuff like that because I didn't want to get in trouble but what year was this yeah. oh, I'm man. trying to think because um, like. I think we moved to Kansas City in 2003, 2002. Okay. I was just trying to think the technology, what you were what, like, did, you didn't so, have a mobile phone yet, right? Um, so you're probably listening. I got to, a phone shortly after we moved to Kansas City, but it was like, it was like one of those Nokia, like brick phones. Like I could play uh, Snake on it. Uh -huh. Like that's <laughs> about all I could do. So you were um, listening to music probably were you downloading on a hard drive or something? Um, or what well, were you, so that was back like, in the were days. Were you pirating like, music? Yeah, yeah. So like you used to be able to have like LimeWire and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And like I ruined several of our family's computers downloading <laughs> viruses on accident. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, my dad would constantly be like, if I find LimeWire on the computer again, you're not allowed to use it. And like, yeah, it was bad. But oh, wow. Yeah, I got so I got like more exposure to like hip hop and stuff like that. And which is now like a huge influence for like, I love hip hop. Um, and I, I'm a fan of like the older, uh, I don't know, like a tribe called Quest. And like, so like 90s transitioning into 2000s mm -hmm. era is kind of my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was it was crazy. Like that whole transition of moving from a very small town to coming to Kansas City and having a pretty strict 
environment to my parents both working full time and my dad being in school. So I had a lot of free time too, with not very much supervision. Um, and so it was just, a, it was a weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and it's kind of interesting because uh, for people who may have been following our, our interviews for a while, mm -hmm. like I interviewed uh, Darrison. Yeah. And I think, and he, King Kie, for yeah. those of you who might go back, Darrison Pelea, and uh, I think you guys met sometime yeah, in, so, this er, in this little phase, right? Yeah, I went to school with uh, his younger brother, Diamond. Okay. Um, and so I met him my first year in school in Kansas City, and yeah. It's, yeah, so hip hop guy and uh, rap hip hop artist here in yeah. Kansas City, and uh, then we interviewed um, Smart Alec, mm -hmm. uh, which was uh, uh, Alex I Sartiano. Sartiano, yeah. right? And uh, I think you guys met in high school, maybe right or later? Um, was that later? So it was it was a lot later, but like in high school. Um, uh, we all, I found out that we all like were around the same group of friends. I, I'm, I'm sure I probably ran into him. I just didn't know him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, it's weird. Um, and then like when I got a little bit older, realizing that there was like, oh, there's people that actually do this here in, in Kansas City. I, yeah. So then that gets into the whole like me discovering local music and stuff, which blew my mind. Like that yeah. was. And this is what, um, because a lot, some of the, many of the interviews I've done have been through your connections, Yeah, you know? And so you've got this huge connection to the local indie music scene here in Kansas City, which has just been fascinating to me to, to meet some of these people and interview them. And that's been really fun. And um, yeah, so talk about that. Like, when did you get into your first band? How did, how did you start? How did you start discovering all these these musicians? Yeah, um, it had to have been when you were young, like your teenager. Eighth grade, it yeah. was eighth grade year. So in eighth grade, you started getting into um, indie music in Kansas City. Yeah, you were also. Did you get in your? Did you start playing in a band at that point? Um, yeah. So um, the church we were going to at the time um, needed somebody to play drums for like the the youth group slash contemporary worship team um and uh so i started filling in for that and then met a bunch of of uh kids my age and a little bit older um that were from here and they introduced me into like other local bands and during that time it was like like game time and there was a lot of like pop punk bands mm -hmm. um that were kind of like my first introduction into local music and um i I just obsessed over it. I was just like, man, people actually here in town do this and they play shows and all this stuff. And so I like, I wanted to meet all these people and go to shows and everything. And uh, yeah, so um, I, I just started attending a lot of local shows and meeting people and introducing myself. And then- um, This is like when you're still junior high, high school. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So like, how were you getting there? Who was your, were your uh, for, friends? I, I were, made older friends yeah. and they, I just <laughs> rode just around. They up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. I was just getting rides everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the summer after my eighth grade year um, was like 
that's pretty much all we did. I remember hmm. I saw um, Norma Jean, which has been like one of my favorite bands for a long time. I saw them um, that summer at this place called The Spitfire that's no longer around anymore. It used to be in the West Bottoms. Um, and then that, like that night, that show, I was like, that's, I just want to be a drummer for the rest of my life. I just want to play drums. Um, and so I played in a couple local bands. What, um, you what are the names? Oh, I, I don't know. Okay. Was, they're, they're ridiculous. And jumped was, in and jumped out. And yeah. There was a lot of like, uh, drummers in Kansas city, um, play for a lot of different bands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a lot of guitar players. There's very few bassists and drummers, um, from my experience anyway, but, um, I would fill in for people and just play here and there. Um, my longest stint in a band was a band that a friend and I start that a friend and I started. And that was much later in life, like in my late twenties. Okay. <laughs> and so, all right. Um, we'll get to that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, cool. And then how about like, did you start doing, when did the video stuff start? When did you start doing like camera film work? So, um, film, I got uh, film, into, digital. I know digital was, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, so my, my first, um, experience with a camera actually was, uh, my mom's old film camera. Um, she had a 35 millimeter and it was a Canon and I asked her if I could get it out and put some film in it and go take some pictures. And I went and got them, got them developed and everything later on. And I was like, man, this turned out pretty cool. This was a lot of fun. And then, excuse me, I, uh, I realized that I could do like double exposure stuff. And so I would take pictures of like a corner of a wall or like, like something like really stark, like just like the trees in the sky or something like that. And then wind the film back up, put it back in the camera and then shoot like a portrait over mm. top of it. Oh, interesting. And so I was doing like double exposure stuff and I, and I eventually learned how to like develop my own film and stuff. But, um, yeah, that was my first, like, that was the first time I ever used a camera, um, would have been like very beginning of my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I shortly, after that got a digital camera um that could shoot photo and video um i so actually a year before that my mom had or my mom and dad had got me a uh, video camera that shot on high eight tape um and so that that would have been actually my first experience with video super eight yeah and uh, <laughs> i would i basically just burned through tapes filming me and my friends like doing skateboard tricks and stuff like that and so like my my first video i ever edited was like a skate video mm. uh, of me and some of my friends um where were you skating at the other um, skate parks yeah so pleasant valley uh, oh yeah i remember park. that one yeah um and then uh, we would skate places around like the seminary too. There was a lot of staircases over there that mm-hmm. we would try and jump. And um, Northtown had a lot of cool spots mm-hmm. too. Um, just kind of wherever. Yeah. Um, you weren't doing BMX, were you? Um, so I did. I no, I not then. Okay. I, I, so I did BMX. I was really into biking. I rode my bike everywhere when we lived in Willow. Hmm. Um, and that was I, it kind of like stranger things episode like the kids always on their mm-hmm. bikes like i rode my bike yeah everywhere yeah that's fun um but yeah so i did bmx my neighbor uh, when we lived in willow had this huge like box ramp that he built and i would just sit out in our driveway and just watch these guys like 
they were doing all these tricks and like jumping over the roof of this dude's house and i was just like wow like, <laughs> but yeah um yeah, yeah so gosh you're in the rap skater punk anything i could find honestly you know, um, <laughs> like, i just wanted bmx you're playing in bands you're having older friends pick you up take you to <laughs> concerts and your dad's studying in in seminary right. this whole time living on <laughs> seminary campus yeah right. isn't that crazy yeah all right so uh so that's kind of, that's kind of your high school career basically yeah. right and so then let's let's dial forward a little bit um some some things happen yeah uh, <laughs> that uh kind of changed your world pretty pretty dramatically yeah and uh yeah yeah you want to talk sure because and you might want to talk a little bit about your spiritual journey in this too and how yeah. how how that kind of that's a huge unfolded for you yeah that's a huge that's kind of where everything first started uh kind of clicking for me i guess I, I don't know it was uh a lot of stuff happened in a very short period of time um so i met kristen uh my now wife um i was 15 and uh she came in so like i was still playing drums for this uh for the worship team at this church that we were going to and kristen came in for to audition for like uh backup vocalists for a singing position okay. on the worship team and she walked in and i just remember thinking oh, she's hot mm -hmm. <laughs> and i just was like kind of just staring and everything and then she'd look at me and be like pretending i was doing something and uh so she came up to me after uh the the tryouts or whatever and she's like well i got in and they're gonna let me sing and i was like cool good job and i didn't know what to say and she's like you should give me your number so that i can call you and you can tell me when practices are and like <laughs> she was asking for my number and i'm like okay <laughs> and i i almost stupidly was like I thought Ryan already told you what time practices were, but I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. So I gave her my number and we started talking and hanging out and everything, started dating. Um, and probably nine, eight, nine months later, we find out that she's pregnant. And um, the church that we were going to. So you're 16. I'm 16. Yeah. yeah. And she's. Uh, 17 17 yeah uh -huh. and uh the church we were going to we had talked to some people and told them what was going on and everything and uh we like talked to them before we talked to anybody else um and it was just a real scary time i mean we were young and i like i barely had my license and uh i was just like driver's I, license yeah, yeah my driver's license <laughs> right and I, I don't know it was just uh it was very scary but i knew that like i wanted to be a dad and i was going to do what i needed to do um and so what, we go and it, talk to some people at this church did you and, tell yeah. your did you talk to your folks first um, and then talk to the church people or? so the conversation with my parents um was real crazy how that happened um kristen was calling and I was freaking out and not sure how to tell my parents. And so Kristen actually ended up telling my mom on the phone when she had called the house. And so then I had to talk to him about it because she kept, she's like, we need to, we need to have this talk. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm not ready to have this talk yet. And she's mm -hmm. like, but it needs to happen. And so we finally sit down and talk with him and then 
Um, long story short, the church that we're going to not only asked us to step down from the worship team, but asked us not to attend. And um, that like, that, that messed with me really bad. Um, put me into this funk of like, I don't want anything to do with church ever again. Mm-hmm. Like I could never set foot in a church for the rest of my life and be totally fine. Um, it, it was, it was rough. Um, that's where a lot of my friends, it's like, that's where I was all the time. Like, and I lost that group of friends mm-hmm. when I stopped going there too. Cause they were like ashamed or afraid or felt weird hanging out with me after that and stuff. Um, and so that like completely rerouted where I thought I was headed mm-hmm. and, or who I thought I had around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just a real rough time. Um, so I just, I got a second job. I was already working at Subway as a sandwich artist mm-hmm. and uh, I got a second job working at Target. And um, Henry was born in November of uh, 2005. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he's, he's actually next week. He'll be turning 16. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, All right. So he'll be turning the age that I was when I, when I had him. Yeah, isn't and, that crazy? Yeah. That's crazy. All right, Henry, um, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> All right, man. I'm glad you're glad you're here. Oh, All man. right. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I remember feeling like it, it, as crazy as everything was around me, everything felt like it was falling apart, but I still felt very firm on like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be a dad. I'm gonna do the best that I can. Um, and so I just kept working and uh, my dad, Henry would have been, I'm trying to think, maybe, maybe a year old, I don't know. Um, I have a I have a really hard time like remembering exact there's a lot of like from the age of 16 to about 20 there's a lot of it that I've suppressed honestly that I try not mm-hmm. to remember um it was a real crazy couple mm-hmm. like few years it was just really tough yeah um, so did you did you move out did you and so, Kristen like did you move out of your like did you graduate from high school did you stay at your house um so i finished i finished high school through um like homeschooling route and everything like that just because of work Mm -hmm. um so i didn't have i like time i wouldn't allow for me to like actually be in school Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i needed to work um so um i went that route and then um kristen was still living at her grandparents house and i was living with my parents and then for a short time, Kristen moved in and stayed with us. And that was really rough. It was just a weird thing. Um, we were super young. I had a younger sister. And so it was just this weird, like Kristen had her own room and everything, but we didn't know what to do. And uh, so my dad graduates or uh, finishes seminary and everything and uh, gets a, a church, finds a position as a pastor for a church. Um, in West Plains. And so they moved down there and do that. And I stayed here um, and moved in with Kristen's family. Was Henry already born? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Henry would have been about a year old when okay. all that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved in with Kristen's family. We were there for 
a shorter amount of time and again that was super rough too it was a weird thing and it's just like there was no easy way around our situation like it was just like we were really young and there was a baby and it was just like i don't know not like your normal circumstances yeah, obviously right. and so we were just trying to make it work the best that we could and uh so we actually ended up finding an apartment complex. We uh, talked to this lady and explained our situation to her and everything. And she's like, I, I, I wanna rent an apartment to you guys. And we were like 16 and 17. I don't think she was supposed to do that, but we made it work. And like, we got some like signatures and everything uh, to help us out and everything. And so we moved in and we're paying rent and uh, got our own place very young. And it was just, it was rough. Like we didn't know like, how much are utilities going to be? What's that? Like, we didn't know how life worked mm. and we figured it out. We had to figure it out really fast. Wow. Of just, wow. Yeah. Crazy, a crazy situation. Yeah. So. Yeah. Was, did Kristen get a job? Was she? Yeah. Um, mm. so Kristen, Kristen actually for a long time, she was, uh, worked, um, as a, a vet tech mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. Yeah. So she did that for, quite a while actually okay so. all right so you're working two jobs and somehow you eventually keep... switched over to just one okay <laughs> but yeah was was doing two but for a while all this all this time you kept you kind of kept a foot in the music yeah video world yeah right? I, I stayed connected with a lot of those people um it was just one of those things like i couldn't it i didn't feel right like stepping away from it like i knew i felt like this kind of like kind of I, I don't know how to explain it just like a little bit of like a spark um anytime i would do anything creative and i just kept feeling called like i need i think that's what i'm supposed to do mm -hmm. um and so like all throughout my late teens and early 20s like i would work whatever job but i'd always be doing photo or video stuff on the side or doing graphic design and then eventually like um worked my my way up um through uh different graphic design jobs and production jobs and i actually i did an internship program um for a production company out in kansas um so that that whole s story how that happened is i was debating with chris and i'm like i really think it'd be cool to like go to film school and i talked to this guy and he's like don't do it i just dropped out of film school i spent a ton of money going to film school and i i was there for a year and a half and they taught me how to like critique and watch movies and he's like get an internship with somebody and uh so i found this production company out in kansas and i did a uh an internship with them and like the first job i worked with them i was shooting a, a commercial a tv commercial for a roofing company and they were like throwing all these terms at me it's like get the get, uh like grab the boom and uh, get the gaff mm -hmm. and all this and i was just like I've always just shot stuff by myself. I have no clue what you're talking about. And so they were super patient with me and like walked me through the terminology and what was what and everything like that. And uh, yeah, it was it was real crazy. Mm. But I, I did that and uh, then stayed in like the graphic design world uh, for work for quite a while. Yeah, and so you, so you were, you kind of even into your 20, when did you have your second kid? How old were you then? Um, so Heidi, would have been. I was eighteen. Okay, eighteen when we had Heidi. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Just for all you know, he, he Matt just had yeah, his seventh seventh kid. Yeah. Just uh, what 
few months ago. Yeah. So Heartland's 11 weeks old. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt's my hero, man. I tell you, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, uh, I really love his family. So any yeah. rate, but, um, no, so you, so you're doing, so you're playing in some bands. Yeah. Like you're keep, you're still doing drums. You're still, you even run a band that you started. Yeah. And then you also ended up starting a, some type of a video company pretty young too, right? Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. Get- um, so we opened up a, a, like a recording studio slash audio. Uh, so like recording, photo, video, kind of all in one. And basically some friends and I came across this space in the West Bottoms and we're like, we would be crazy not to make this work. Like mm-hmm. one of my friends really wanted to open a recording studio. I really wanted to have a photo video studio. And so uh, we rented this space out and then turned the front half of it into like a communal workspace, which at the time there wasn't like WeWorks or iWorks or any of that stuff. Like there wasn't hardly any of those like communal like office or cubicle renting spaces set up in Kansas City. And so like we kind of pitched the idea to some people and like 96.5 the buzz picked it up and like this is a cool idea and everything like so we started talking about it and we're like this is just probably what 2014 14 okay. yeah 2014 right. is when when we started uh the studio and so um yeah the front half was turned like we had like so made uh urban apparel like some of those guys like were some of the first people that were working out of the front of our building and uh we had photographers and like graphic designers and a whole bunch of people just working Mm -hmm. in this space. And it was really cool to have that community. Like you'd be working on a project and then you could just like walk out and like ask 10 people who you valued their opinion and knew they made really cool stuff. Like, Hey, come look at this and tell me what you think about it. Um, so I loved that environment and it was really cool. Um, but yeah, we, we had the studio in the West bottoms for a while. Um, and uh yeah so we're and then at this point where were you, where were you at spiritually had you had completely stayed away from the church yeah, and all I that had. kind of stuff I had. you were like still like just going yeah i can't do that i i was in between like i i don't even know what i would say like i still i felt like if someone asked me if i believed in god i would say yeah but like that was it. It mm-hmm. was just a, yeah, I, I think so. Um, and it wouldn't even have been a very sure yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just, um, it wasn't anything I paid attention to. I didn't have any interest in it. Um, I had kind of given up on right. all that stuff. Um, and so uh, during that whole getting this the studio situated and everything, um, Kristen and I were going through a really tough time. And uh, we had actually split up and uh, split up and you had how many kids at this point four four yeah four young kids yeah you're going through a tough time so you guys separate yeah and so i'm uh like sleeping on the floor at this studio in the west bottoms in the middle of winter and just like freezing to death every night and i i was just miserable i was not in a good spot um and a friend of mine uh, who was actually renting uh, space out in the front of the, the warehouse, uh, John Mann, um, was like, the church I go to is needing help with video stuff. And I was just like, 
cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, all right. Whatever. Next and, topic. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you should talk to him. I think you'd like him. It's, it's pretty cool. And I was just like, whatever, man. Like, I don't care. Um, and so I had kind of forgotten about it. And then this particular night I had had some friends over to the studio. It was late in the evening. Um, I smoked and drank a lot and just passed out in a beanbag chair. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up and um, John Mann comes in and like kicks me and he's like, hey, I need you to meet this guy. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying, I I don't want to like cuss and everything, but I was just like, F this dude, like I'm blah, blah, blah. And just, I was cussing and just agitated and everything. And I was hung over and I get up and I'm uh, walking in the next room and he's like, Hey man, I'm Steve Jones. And he's like, I work for Vineyard Church. And I was like, shit. And then I covered my mouth. I was like, I'm sorry, man. I was like, I've just been having a really rough couple of days. He's like, dude, don't worry about it. And so we talked about doing video stuff. And some of the stuff that he was wanting videos done of was uh, like people telling their story of like similar situations to what I was in, but then like working on coming out of that. And I was just like, I'd actually really like to do something like that. That'd be cool. And uh, so, yeah, that led to one, one thing led to another. And I ended up at, at Vineyard shooting videos. And uh, for the fir- like the first couple of video shoots I did there, I was just like, this is just like, this is a video thing. Like I'm gonna do these videos, I'm gonna do my best at them, give them to them and then be done with it at the end of the day kind of a thing. And uh, I remember one Sunday morning, it was super weird. Uh, I I just felt, I was like, I think I'm actually gonna go like check out a church. Like I hadn't been to church yet. I still hadn't like committed to like, I'm gonna go back and check out a church. And mind you, I had never stepped foot in a church unless it was to listen to my dad preach like every once, like I think maybe five times. Like I hadn't been to church in a long time. Right. Almost a decade probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I guess I'm going to check it out. And so like I go in the vineyard and I I sit through a service. I'm like, this was pretty good. Like it felt comfortable. Nobody made me feel weird. Um, I don't know. It just like it wasn't as bad as I, I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and, um, and so like a couple more weeks go by and then I called Kristen one Sunday and I'm like, you should come to church with me. I don't know why, but I did. And we were like, we were, it was very rocky still between the two of us. And so we go to a, a church service together and I just so happened to pick a Sunday to invite her to church, um, to where it was a Sunday that, you were talking about forgiveness <laughs> mm. and uh we were both sitting there and it was just like in the middle of the service like we both just like felt something i don't know and like kristen reached over and put her hand on mine and it was just it was super freaking emotional <laughs> and uh but that was like the first time in a long time that we like spent the rest of the day together and mm-hmm. we were talking with each other about like what forgiveness meant and moving past some things and working on the, like, hmm. it was a big pivoting moment yeah. <laughs> for us. Wow. Um, and Very so, cool. yeah, that was kind of how I got back, back into church. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that gives that me chills a little bit. To Man. Me, that, that was definitely like a God thing. And so like, as, as far as my spirituality goes, like that, that whole, like, finding vineyard and the people at vineyard when I did, um, was definitely a huge thing. Cause like, 
I I ended up to several people um, before before I was offered a job at Vineyard. Um, I had a couple of conversations with people of like, I don't know that you would want to offer me a job. I'm having a rough time right now. Things are not great and everything like, and nobody freaked out at me. Mm. You know, like nobody judged me and nobody ma- made me feel more shame than I already had mm-hmm. on my shoulders. Um, and it was like, a, we'll work with it we'll work through it with you kind of a thing instead of like you yeah. get your stuff over there which is what i had experienced and like just months before all of this had happened i had another huge church in kansas city call me and like we want you to come do video production for us i sit down in the first interview and i say my wife and i are possibly in the beginning of a divorce right now like i just need to let you know that because i don't want it coming up later or anything like that mm-hmm. i don't want that to affect anything I just wanted to get it out on the table. They stopped the interview right then and there. And we're like, we don't need that going on right now. Sorry that you're dealing with that. We're just gonna move on to the next person. And they made me leave. Oh, wow. And so that was like my next, that was like my first interaction with a church in a long time. Yeah, yeah. So I was, it just kind of, it backed up what I had already been right. feeling. And I was just like, see? <laughs> but yeah. yeah, and I just found, I don't know. I found people that accepted who I was and where I was at. Yeah. Um, and that was huge. Yeah. That was what I needed. And you know, I, it's what we I all need. I was going to find it at a church. Yeah. <laughs> but I did. And it so, was, man. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, no, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. It's, yeah. it's so crazy that the, the tables got turned around on us and here I am. <laughs> you're helping me out now, right? Oh, Showing me grace. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I, I don't know. I think, that's just, I don't know. I think that's just the way it should be with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We all need grace and forgiveness. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So I've, you know, we started working together. Uh, you were on my creative team. We met weekly yeah. and I loved working with you. And so um, I was so, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, when I was getting spirituality adventure started, I, you know, I didn't, I was careful about, trying to recruit people from the vineyard sure. right and so uh but when you started uh harbor media productions yeah we met and talked and i was uh, i've been so thankful uh that we've been able to work together this last year so yeah. it's been me too it's been really good and um yeah so so i'm curious like uh, and thinking back on all of, you know, that's, uh, you've gone through a lot of stuff and now you're a dad of seven kids and and um, you've got this new company going that seems like seems like it's going really well. Yeah, it's. And so God's grace has been, you know, a big part of your your life and your experience now. And we've we've talked a lot about some of this stuff and we've we've talked even about mental health mm-hmm. and I, I kind of want to ask you a little bit about kind of the spiritual journey of mental health and yeah. how, how, you know, how that's been a part of your journey as well as mine. You yeah. know, we've talked a lot about this stuff, but do you have any reflections on kind of that, that side of the equation um, that you're comfortable talking about? I'm yeah. not sure. Um, I mean, there's a lot over like any, like anything specific or like, well, I, we've, I'm just thinking about, man, you've, you've gone through some, some dark times mm-hmm. and, um, it's, 
you've found, you know, you're here, you're alive, you're doing well, you're thriving right now as a dad and as a, as a owner of a company, but you've gone through some really dark moments and you've had to really look at some mental health issues. I know. And I I don't know what you're comfortable talking about. Any of it, honestly, I'm perfectly fine talking about any of it. Um, Cause I think that's, that's the first step of dealing with all of it too, is I was afraid to talk about it. I, I wouldn't even talk with my wife about some of the stuff that I was going through. Mm. Um, and I think that was the first thing that I had to overcome was talking about it and not feeling like that talking about it made me weak or made me uh, any, I, I don't know. Like it just, I had this kind of, um, assumption that like if i admitted that i was dealing with some of this stuff that i was like mm-hmm. fucked up <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and people would see me as that and just kind of write yeah. me off kind of a thing um yeah well i'm i'm even thinking you know and i you we don't have to go here but i you know i wrote uh a blog a few i don't know a month or so two months ago maybe on suicide yeah and i in that we, we had had a person that we knew mm-hmm. that had committed suicide. It kind of sparked that whole thing. Cause in, in 2019, I, I was in such a dark place. I, you know, I didn't have a plan. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't actually going to go kill myself, but I, I tell people I was a notch above that. Like yeah. I, I was, I didn't really want to get up every morning and mm-hmm. it was so dark and I was just like, um, so, uh, and I, I think you've, you've had some yeah. moments like like that, that yeah got pretty dark um yeah uh late so i mean it's it's not been that long ago mm-hmm. <laughs> um i yeah uh a lot so like my personality i'm very like uh people pleaser kind of thing like i have to like i'm constantly feeling like i have to like earn everyone's approval, um, I guess. And so I had gotten into this really rough, uh, cycle of like just working nonstop, um, trying to make sure that everybody knew that like, I appreciated them and I wanted to be around and like, I needed to earn some sort of badge or whatever. I don't know, but it was just, uh, a lot of it was led from me just like overworking and overcommitting to things that like, I just didn't have the time or mental capacity or anything to like, I couldn't take anything else on, but I was just saying yes to everything. Um, and uh, I ended up being in a really rough spot of like, um, I was suicidal and uh, I had like set a date and everything. Um, I like, I don't know how much you want me to go into it or anything, but like, um, it it got really bad for a while. And, uh, yeah. So what, so what helped you? So that's, you know, people kind of get a feel for that. That's just super dark. Right. And like you're, you're, (laughs) you're like, and and I think sometimes when people are in those spots where we, we just, you know, erroneously, wrongly start thinking that, oh, everybody'd be better off if I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you, you kind of have those kind of thoughts. Yeah. I, I was dealing and with And I had enough non-stop. life insurance on me. I thought everybody would really be better off financially if I wasn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But at any rate, um, 
you know, so how, what were things that helped you pull out of that? Uh, getting out of my head because it was constantly, I was always hearing only what I was saying to myself of like, everybody would be better off without me. Or I bet everybody's tired of dealing with me being bummy and sad and upset and emotional all the time. Um, so those were the stuff that I would speak over myself on a daily basis. And so I started believing those things. Um, and so the first step to me was like talking about it. And then the first person I talked to about it was like, that's not the case at all. And then so like, that was the first time I had like heard uh, otherwise, you know? Yeah, somebody started uh, saying, no way, man. Yeah, I, yeah. You're you're an awesome guy and we, you're, we're blessed you're here and, and you start hearing a different voice, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. so hearing, hearing something else and uh, being willing to like talk about it, uh, I was really bad about bottling everything up and just not letting anything out. Like I didn't want anybody to know that I was having a hard time. I didn't want anybody to know that I was sad or anything. Um, and so like talking about it was a huge thing. Um, I started talking to, uh, uh, I found a therapist, started mm -hmm. doing a lot of that stuff. Um, the cognitive behavioral therapy stuff of like where, like whatever direction you point your brain in is where it's gonna go. And like, that has been a, a huge thing for me um, of just kinda like, it, it feels weird getting into that whole kind of rhythm of like, but you really do just have to like talk yourself through those things of like, a, a lot of my, my stuff was like anxiety uh, related to, mm -hmm. like it was such an anxious mess and having panic attacks all the time to the point that like I couldn't like go through a work day without freaking out and having to like go hide in my car for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so like the, I don't know, just like getting in those practices of like calming myself down and being present and um, like meditation has been a huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, just, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I've just kind of been it's practicing good. a lot of it, but really like getting out of my head and talking to people was the biggest thing that yeah. I could have done. And it helped tremendously. Yeah, and my most recent blog that just came out yeah. was called Naked Spirituality. Yeah. And it's about that, about how powerful it is when we, we get vulnerable and we get honest with the right people. Yeah. You know, because that's a huge step because it's what we keep in secret and what we hide tends to grow in power and uh and and it you know darkness thrives in secrecy right mm -hmm. yeah and i think you know a year ago when we started doing these uh podcast interviews we we started with a series on mental health mm -hmm. and we the first bunch of people we interviewed um uh we interviewed faith harper yeah. who wrote has a series of books she yeah. wrote unf your brain and yeah. unf this and un, un, you know that was this. one of the first books that i read yeah. coming out of all of my stuff and it was such a game changer for me yeah and yeah. Uh, some of you who maybe missed those early uh, podcast interviews do you could go back and pick those up because yeah. i i interviewed uh, several therapists i interviewed a, the top uh, therapist in the dbt model which is a which is a 
an iteration of CBT, mm-hmm. which is a cognitive behavior therapy and then dialectical behavior therapy yep. kind of builds on that and throws in some of the meditation stuff. And yeah. I interviewed Pam Hausner on uh, mindful meditation. And yeah, just a, that one, if you don't mind me jumping in right there, like Pam's episode was crazy because I sit over here during all those interviews and like you're monitoring everything and mm-hmm. recording and she walked you through like a, a meditation yeah. session and I joined in like while I was sitting over there behind right. the computer and I told her when uh, we had that event and she was on that panel I, I stopped her before she left and I told her I was like that day that we did that zoom call with you and you went through that meditation like that was the first time in a long time like that I felt calm and mm. like at peace in my body because i feel like internally is where i'm always freaking out mm-hmm. i'm always like i'm nervous or anxious about something and so like that meditation and like stopping and being in the moment and like paying attention yeah. to your body and stuff like that is is huge yeah. and it's just like but that was like that's one of my favorite ones. yeah like it's if, if you go back and watch another one definitely <laughs> check that one out well and like, i i'm in a group great. with her you know i meet every other sunny night and uh you know, if anybody's interested, shoot me a, yeah. you know, shoot me an email or something. But yeah, um, well, uh, so we could keep, we could keep going, but um, <laughs> what, what I tell people about what you're doing now and how they can get in touch with you through Harbor Media Productions. And yeah. I know you've, <clears throat> a lot of people have done your, uh, you know, your photography thing where you yeah. pay, pay what you can and just, yeah. just give everybody a, a little window of what's going on now, especially with Harbor Media Productions and how they might connect with you. Yeah. Um, so all of our, uh, so our website and all of our social stuff is This Is Harbor. Um, so our website is uh, thisisharbor.com. It's H-A-R-B-O-R. Um, and then uh, we, we do anything photo video related um we have these events that we do for all major holidays and then typically one in the summer and one in the fall called pay it's harbor media pay what you can sessions and there's a facebook group that you can join um and my wife and i were having a conversation one day and with having a huge family it's really stressful trying to plan family photos because you're like we have to be there at this specific time everybody get ready and then typically how it's worked for us is like by the time you get to where you're taking photos like everybody's pissed off at each other because like so so and so was late so-and-so had to get their hair done or whatever and it's just like everybody's agitated and worked up and everything um and then so like it's like you guys better smile we (laughs) paid for these pictures and it's just it's stupid like it's really stressful um and we were talking about that and then even just the financial side of like it's really pricey to have somebody come take family pictures for you and so we came up with this idea of like let's just build a set and let people show up we'll be open for the day and let people show up whenever they want and we'll, we won't rush them through. We'll take pictures. We'll get good pictures. And then we'll email them to them and they can pay us whatever they can. And um, so we've been doing that for a little over a year now. And we just did our this uh, Christmas one. And we had over almost 80 families come through. That's awesome. Um, which is, it, that one's been a, our biggest one yet. Um, but they're, they're a lot of fun. It's really cool getting to do that for families. Um, we do... Uh, like tv commercials we do a lot of social media content for businesses um 
really anything like I love storytelling. So if you've got an idea that you want to put to a video or something like that, I love that kind of stuff. But yeah, we, we do, we do anything photo video related. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. So cool. I'm super thankful to be able to do that. It's been, it's been awesome. So awesome well i i am so thankful for you and thanks for doing this interview today yeah, it's been fun and uh, i thought about it all along and and but then yesterday i was like huh maybe matt would be up for this i wasn't sure so <laughs> thanks so much yeah. for, for doing this and uh thanks everybody for tuning in to spirituality adventures and we will see you next time this concludes today's episode thanks for tuning in and listening remember if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, and make a one-time donation. Or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.